Welcome back to the 4A Baseball Podcast. Um, it's kind of just, it's me today. And then it'll be Stabs, and then it'll be Tom. We're all on our own today. It's going to be a little bit different than how we normally run things, just because our schedules are a bit, they're a bit everywhere right now. We're trying to work through some things. Tom's going to be out of town for a while. So you'll hear from him and Stevs in this episode. You'll hear from me. We each have a couple of things we want to talk about, but it's really going to be focusing on the three amigos. We're going to be focusing on our teams. So I'm obviously going to talk about the Dodgers. Stevs is going to talk to you about the Nats. And Tom, the Giants, will probably go on side changes here and there. But I'm just giving you a little bit of a, a different taste of what the type of content we might have coming out this summer, talking about specific things, specific teams, things like that. So I wanted to talk about my Dodgers because they just came off of a huge series sweep against the San Diego Padres, and it puts them squarely in first in the, in the NL West. Right now, they're 26-15, and 15, uh, 634 winning percentage, three games ahead of the Diamondbacks, seven games ahead of the Padres. So... Key takeaways from the series, right? Julio Arias had a really rough first inning in game two, but he was able to settle down. Dustin May looked really good until we got into the seventh inning, and then the velo started to die down, and I don't know how I felt about that. I was a bit concerned, if I'm going to be honest. Uh, and I kind of like where the Dodgers are right now. Tony Gosselin's back, and he looks like how he did last year. He settled in. He got his first meow W. Like uh, Whenever he posts on Instagram, whenever he records a win, he post meow w and how many wins he has on the season in the caption with a photo of himself from that game and i enjoy that because tony don tony gonsolin's quite the character i didn't realize uh he's 29 so that's gonna be an interesting one i wonder if we'll try and toss him like a low tier extension even though we don't do that with players for some reason uh just looking at where we are in the standings right now we would be first in the national league so we would be the one seed playing the four five seed of the playoffs started today. And we all know that doesn't mean anything for the Dodgers in the postseason. Right now, they'd play the winner of Arizona versus Pittsburgh. Uh, I would much rather play Pittsburgh because they are 2-8 and eight in the past 10. Uh, their, one of their only wins was a Mitch Keller complete game shutout. And their other one was a Mitch Keller shove against the Orioles where he went 7 and he struck out 13. So... That's not what we want to be facing as a Dodgers franchise. But if we can get to Rosie Contreras, Rich Hill, uh, former Dodger, then it might be in our best interest to avoid the Diamondbacks because the Diamondbacks are a pesky team in all honesty. Uh, they're kind of fun to watch to some degree. I really like the speed, the youth of that organization. And it's, I dare I say it, it's refreshing because it's what we should have been this year. I'm happy that we're succeeding because, you know, there's very low expectations for this team this year, given off of what we were last year, an 111-win team, and we were expected to just make this fall from grace. And we look like we're still the class of the National League overall. The Braves have had a little bit of a skid here. But I like that there's a youth that is actually being played in the NL West. The Dodgers obviously are playing some of the young guys, Miguel Vargas, James Outman, getting consistent every day at bats. We just sent Michael Bush back down. Michael Grove isn't in the starting rotation, uh, which is actually fine. Gavin Stone got sent back down. Uh, Ryan Pepe was on the IL until mid-June. Bobby Miller is still in AAA. I'm actually kind of curious, how is Bobby Miller doing this year so far in AAA? So Bobby Miller in AAA so far this year through three starts has an 864 ERA and eight and a third innings pitched. Uh, looks like he's just got no control so far. He has five walks compared to six strikeouts. 
and he's allowed nine hits, 12 runs, eight or earned runs. So yeah, he is probably not ready this year, which isn't great. Uh, I'm not worried about pitching for the future. I think this year it'll be fine. I just think we need to be smart at the trade deadline because we have a lot of arms that are still in the aisle, especially in the bullpen. We've got JP Fires and we've got Blake Trina and a couple others that we've put on low tier deals that will be back at some point this season. It's basically a free trade deadline. And that is huge for us. But here's the thing, right? If the Dodgers go out and spend on a big free agent, excuse me, a big starting pitcher, or they go spend on Shohei Otani, we're draining our farm system. And I don't think that's a smart idea because we have the talent. And I think that's some of the conversation I've been having with myself about our bats right now, right? Because I don't think every day we're putting out the best lineup. Any day that David Peralta is in our starting lineup, we are not putting out our best lineup. We're just looking in terms of the league, in terms of, or just our best batters, right? If we're looking at barrels per plate appearance, it's Max Muncy, J.D. Martinez, Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, Chris Taylor, James Altman, in that order, right? Our 7-8-9 is Miguel Vargas, Will Smith, and David Peralta. So Will Smith has been one of our best hitters. David Peralta can't hit a moving object. Miguel Vargas got off to a slow start, but recently he's been getting a lot better. He's gotten his WOBA up to a 331. That's above league average. His OPS is a 752, which as a rookie is respectable. James Altman's hit a bit of a skid. He's at a 909 OPS starting or falling back down from grace. Still got a 389 WOBA, but that's expected to be a 332. So I think the Dodgers are in a good spot right now. I'm not upset with where the Dodgers are. I just think there are strides that need to be made forward and can be in a much less expensive form than Shohei Otani. Tim Anderson's available. I think that would be really good for clubhouse presence, especially considering the fact that Miguel Vargas seems to have found a home at second base. Miguel Rojas can't hit anything. And we Chris Taylor is an acceptable replacement at shortstop. But I feel like we want to have his defensive versatility in case we need him in the outfield. Just looking at outs above average, right? We were promised this elite shortstop at second at shortstop in Miguel Rojas, and he's got an out above average. So I don't know how how good I truly feel about that. Uh, it's also his only year with an above average expected WOBA was 2020, and he had the first two weeks where he was absolutely incredible, and he kind of just fell off from there. So. I don't know what to think of that, but I'm I'm optimistic. I'm going to keep saying that because I am optimistic. And I did want to do some schedule watch. So if I pull up the Dodgers schedule, I believe we're going into a series with the Twins starts tonight. Uh, yeah, we got the Twins tonight. And then we'll go to the Cardinals, which should be a good series for us. And I'm really excited for this, the next two series. So we have the Twins and Cardinals, which will be fine. But the two series after that are the Braves and the Rays. And I think those two series are very telltale of where we are now. Are we just the best team in the West? Are we the best team in the National League? Or are we a legitimate World Series contender? We're the Dodgers. Of course, we're a contender. But what validity does that have behind it? Are we just another team that can stack up against an okay roster, can beat bad teams? Or are is this a team that can actually do something in the postseason? Because right now we're nine and eight against teams above five hundred. Just scrolling through the National League and looking right now, right? There's the Brewers are eight and seven. The Diamondbacks are eight and five. 
And those are the only two teams in the National League with an above 500 record against teams above 500 or better. We go to the American League, right? The whole AL East outside of the Yankees, the Guardians are 500, the Rangers and Astros are both. So we need to see that the Dodgers can beat the Rays. I think that's the big one. The Braves will be a good test, but the Rays are the test. Can we beat the Rays in a three-game set? Even though the Rays just split with the Yankees. So maybe they are are a fallacy to some degree. But I think the Dodgers versus the Rays is a huge test of where we are. And it'll also tell us what we need to go address at the trade deadline, right? Because right now we have pitching depth. As crazy as that sounds, we actually have pitching depth. We have a healthy Clayton Kershaw, knock on wood, and hopefully it stays that way. Will it stay that way? I'm not too sure. Um, I I really hope. I mean, he's been fantastic to watch. Julio Arias has bounced back from a rough start. Uh, Dustin May has looked really good. It's just how many innings is he going to be able to throw? Because he's never really gone that long into a season. His last full season hasn't happened yet. I guess it would be 2020. And in 2021, he got off to that four-start stretch where he was really good. But the end of April, he tore his UCL, and he was he missed all of last year almost. Yeah, Kershaw Syndergaard is, I hope, if we are going to go out at the deadline and do something, it involves getting rid of him because I don't see value in having Noah Syndergaard on our roster, right? I think I'd rather have a young Michael Grove trying to figure himself out than, oh, than Noah Syndergaard because I don't think Noah Syndergaard is going to be able to find anything. Tony Gonsolin looks solid, and then we've got a lot of options in the bullpen, and we've got Gavin Stone in the minor leagues who – Yes, you didn't have a good start, but you got to give him a chance at some point, right? You got to let him find his footing. Uh, Bruce Targratterall, they've tried to force him into the close role. It just hasn't worked because he throws so hard and induces such weak contact that he's going to let a lot of fly balls just drop. He's going to get weak fly balls that just land in Bermuda Triangles, and that's going to happen. Uh, Yancy Monte has been okay. Phil Bickford... I have a heart attack every time he pitches. Vestia and Jackson just haven't been good. Shelby Miller's been a positive surprise, but the underlying stuff really doesn't like how he's been pitching. Then Phillips, Ferguson, Gonzalez, they've they've done their job. And I'd like I'm happy to see Victor Gonzalez back in the major leagues being effective. We haven't really seen him be up and effective since 2020. So it's big for the Dodgers. So I just wanted to wrap up my part by saying I'm confident where the Dodgers are right now. I think we need a little bit of steps in the right direction from a couple batters. We need to see Max Muncy bounce back to some degree. J.D. Martinez, let him do this. If he can do this all season long, I will be content. Freddie Freeman is bound for positive regression. Mookie Betts is really good. There's no concerns on my behalf. Chris Taylor, solid baseball player. I'm glad he's bounced back from last year, and he has things going in the right direction. James Outman, we knew there was some regression coming. We had talked about it here on the podcast. He was due for some regression just based on the league trying, like, figuring him out. It was going to happen eventually, but if we can get back going, if he can meet that middle ground, I think we've got a legitimate quality baseball player, a three- to four-win baseball player on our hands. Miggy Var. I trust him. I like him. Please stop playing David Peralta, and Will Smith is a great catcher. Please extend him. Uh, that is my summary of the Dodgers for right now. And so I'm going to send you guys over to Stevs. He's going to talk about the Nationals. Stevs will send you to Tom, and then we'll wrap it up at the end. All right, guess what? It's time to talk about the Washington Nationals. Everyone loves the Washington Nationals, except for nobody, because everyone loves the Washington Nationals, right? But anyways, 
We're 18 and 23 so far. Not doing too hard. We're 5 and 5 in our last five, or last 10. That is pretty good. It's very good, actually. Well, considering we are not supposed to be good. So, I mean, we're, we're in a series against the Mets right now. I believe we just lost that series to two games to one. But it wasn't a terrible series. Game two was really bad. I wasn't actually able to go to that game. I love Nats Park. Les Park is... And it's not my favorite park. It's obviously in my top five because I've only been to five parks. But uh, it's it's fine. But the atmosphere in this this uh, in, in this game was not my favorite, if I'm being honest. Um, it's just not a good vibe right now to be a Nats fan. It's not. But, you know, if you're really watching there... Going around Nats Park is fun, right? Because you see all the, the jerseys, right? Since the Trey Turner trade, every game that I've gone to, I've seen more and more classic Nationals jerseys. Like the old Nats script or National script, the, the more blocky letter opposed to the cursive, right? I've seen that more and more and more and more across just the, the last three, two, what, two and a half years, almost two years at this point. God, two years. Two years ago, the Washington Nationals had Trey Turner, Max Scherzer. Strasburg wasn't entirely dead. He was pretty much dead. But uh, Kyle Schwarber, God, the how times have changed, right? But fifth in the East. Fifth in the East, negative 20 run differential. Not good. Not good at all. But it is what it is, right? At the end of the day, the Nats are going to be the Nats, and it is what it is, right? But... The most important piece, right, is the young the young guys and the trade pieces. Those are the two pieces we really, really need to focus on. And, you know, Dominic Smith is one of those trade pieces. Jimer Candelaro is another one. Jimer's not doing too hot lately, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Dominic Smith also not doing too good. He gets on base, though, 360 uh, on base percentage. His big thing for me, at least, is his defense. His defense is extremely valuable to the Washington Nationals. It's really twofold, right? If his defense, everyone needs a defensive anchor at first base. You saw it last year with Trey Mancini on the Houston Astros. They were able to sub out uh, Yuli Gurriel. They threw him Trey Mancini. He made a very, very, very clutch play. And I believe that was, was a game four, game three, game four. One of the two within that World Series against the Phillies on that, on that liner down the line. He got it, right? That's very important to a championship team. You need solid defense at first base. And the Nats have that right now with Dominic Smith. The other fold is for your young guys, like C.J. Abrams, who has struggled defensively, like we talked about last episode, eight errors so far, five outside of opening day, but still five not very good, right? And and then another, another guy, Luis Garcia. He has been... In the first percentile and outs above average for his first three seasons of his career. That's that's not good. First percentile, not good. This year, he's in the 75th percentile. That is very good. Now, yes, we were kind of sliding Luis Garcia all around the infield. Tried him out at shortstop last season. So, that's not his spot. Never was his spot. He doesn't have a good enough arm for it. But, but we do see, now that he has a set position at second base, it's very good for him. It's very beneficial for him. 75th percentile. That's very good. I would like to see a little more pop in the bat. Hard hit rate, barrel percentage. I need to see those go up. But at the end of the day, he's still young, right? He he was, he was. I think he was the first guy in the 2000s to hit a home run. Born in the 2000s to hit a home run. Like, that's that's very good. Um, 
and the fact that he has gotten so much better defensively is just only signs to showing that he can get better offensively as well. Doubling back to C.J. Abrams, under the hood does not look very good. He doesn't look very good under the hood stats, but over the hood, slightly better. He's batting 260. Uh, I'm rounding up a little bit, so, you know, we'll deal with that. But 259, I think, 258, somewhere around there. But 260, right? Um, he's come up clutch a couple times. And an uh, issue, though, well, it's not an issue. I mean, it's kind of an issue. He's tied for the most home runs in, uh, on the Nats right now with four. I think him, Jimer Candelario, and I think Joey Manessis are all out four. That's not good. If if C.J. Abrams at 20, 21 years old, 22 years old, is is tied for your most home runs on your team, yeah, it's not good. And they're four. We're at four. Like, come on. Like, the Nats, they don't got a lot of pop. We're a ground ball team, I guess, if you, want, if you even want to call it that. But it is what it is, right? You got to take it. I mean, that's a, that's a win, right? Your, your quote-unquote franchise cornerstone at shortstop is your best player. Or, or you're tied for the most home runs. Not your best player. He's not your best player. Speaking of your best player, let's go to one of the other guys leading. Uh, Joey Manessis. Joey Manessis is most likely this team's MVP at the moment. Batting 300, 86 percentile on hard hit percentage, 722 OPS. Like, He's doing it. He's doing everything, and he's adjusting um, to playing DH every day. He personally said that he would much rather play um, first base. He feels like he just it's just better for him to play or to uh, it's it's much better for him to have that break on the field opposed to sitting in the dugout and thinking, right? But it, you can find other ways to cope with that, right? Yeah, you're not out on the field, but you can watch film. You can analyze the pitcher's uh, movements and everything like that. Like, there are things you can do to not be focusing on that last at-bat and to look forward to your next at-bat and to help your team strive forward and get better, right? And I think Joey Meneses is finding that. So we talked about some of the Canis. One of the other ones is Corey Dickerson. He is luckily coming back uh, from injury. Uh, he went out game one, and he hurt himself. Um... And now he's back after about a month and a half. I think a lot of Nats fans forgot we had Corey Dickerson. Obviously, I didn't because I was excited to watch him. I don't think he's going to be extremely good. I don't think he's going to be our best trade piece of the deadline. But, hey, right now, he's definitely better than what we have. I, I, I don't think Dom Smith's going to get anything. I, I don't know if we trade Joey Manessis, but I don't think he's going to get anything either. And and Jimer Candelar is most likely not going to get us anything either. So, Corey Dickerson, right? I mean... I'm I'm saying we're not going to get anything, but you know, Mike Rizzo, yeah, Mike Rizzo's done a very very good job at getting good pieces, right? Like he traded John Lester for a uh, half a season of John Lester in 2021 for Lane Thomas, who's for the first couple weeks of the season was arguably our best player. Again, streaky player, which was his issue in, in St. Louis, and is still his issue now in Washington. But it, it it's very it, it, that's good, right? Riley Adams, our backup catcher right now, we traded for Brad Hand, who arguably had the worst year of his career in Washington. He is my least favorite national of all time. He's probably my least favorite player of all time is Brad Hand. And we traded him for Riley Adams, who's a serviceable backup catcher at best. Like, he's not good, and, and neither was Brad Hand, but Riley Adams, it's better than having, what, nothing? Because if we traded Brad, we didn't trade Brad Hand, he would have walked, we let him... Well, 
we would have let him walk in free agency. Anyways, um, Robles, our other cornerstone player, went down with an injury. That's a cornerstone. I say cornerstone, but we're probably going to let him walk in free agency too now. Uh, he went down with an injury. He went on a 10-day IL. Hopefully he comes back soon. Um, we got to see Jake Alou come up. He looked okay. He went like 1 for 10. Um, in his stint, that's not very good, but, you know, he's not supposed to be very, very good. Uh, another Jake, Jake Irvin, he got a call up, uh, with Chad Cool going on the IL, uh, due to, I believe his wife has cancer, so obviously they have the whole cancer isn't cool stuff going on. Um, and, uh, you know, you gotta hope for the best in, in his family and best wishes and all of that that we are sending their way. Um, but they had, they had a very, very cool no pun intended, uh, a very cool setup uh, at Nat Stadium out in center field. Um, there was, like, they were brought all their, it's like the teams, all their, or all the players, like, favorite things and, like, a little basket, and you could go and bid on them. Um, it looked, or I think it was a raffle. It looked really cool. I didn't put in for any of them because, you know, I want to let other people win stuff. Um, I've been very fortunate to get a bunch of cool things um, through my life, and, Hopefully they, hopefully some kid went out and got assigned Josiah Grayball or something cool like that, right? Um, God, I kept saying cool, um, but yeah, and it it was a it was, it, but we got with that we got to see Jake Irvin come up and he's still up right now. Um, I, he was actually a pitcher I got to watch, and he looked he didn't look terrible. He had one bad inning. He gave up I don't know if he gave up eight runs, but it was an eight run inning pretty much started by him uh mason thompson came in didn't really help too much um after his three inning save he had a couple weeks ago he's not looked the same he hasn't looked very good at all throughout the his this this last couple games that he is last couple of appearances but jake irvin did look pretty good through his first couple starts absolutely shut down the giants l giants tom terrible player tom's not even a player terrible fan yep that's what i meant to say um, but, you know, it's fine. Like, again, he's young. He's going to have the couple mess-ups. He had, it was, it was eight runs, right, against the, the Mets, which the Mets are supposed to be one of the best teams in baseball. They might not be, but they're supposed to be, right? Um, Josiah Gray, Mackenzie Gore still look very, very good. Uh, I'm not even going to be upset about anything they do. I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, I'm excited to keep seeing them grow and get better and better and better. And I'm excited to keep watching this team grow and get better and better and better. And a big piece of that is James Wood, who, coincidentally, as you might have seen on my note sheet that I accidentally showed, James Wood won Minor League Player of the Week. In six games, he batted 346, hit two home runs, nine hits, uh, seven runs, seven RBIs. He had four walks, one of them being an intentional walk. That is very good. That, like, that, that's Wilmington Blue Rocks... It, it's our double-A affiliate. I, we're talking about, and now I'm talking about things that are, like, coming fo going forward now, right? We're coming into times where we got to start talking, what are our trade pieces? What are we going to try and get? What's, what is the, the long-term look for the end of the season, right? What I want to see by the end of the season is James Wood in Washington Nationals uniform. I want to see him come up in September for September call-ups. That's what I want. Um... Outside of that, I don't think anyone else is really ready to come up yet. I think James Wood will be. Uh, Robert Hassel, I could see coming up, but I don't think he's ready. I don't think he's he's got that in him quite yet. I think he still needs a couple more years. I don't know a couple more years. I think he still needs a little more time to develop. Uh, James Wood, though, 
oh, he's going to be good. Um, I'll, I hope he's going to be good, right? I'm talking about the Nationals, so I'm going to be a little more biased on our players. But um, he's an Aaron Judge type build. He's a big guy. Um, it's I'm excited. I'm excited to watch him play. And, again, play, minor league player of the week. That's what the Nationals need. They need these young guys to be something. Um MLB drafts coming up. And we're excited about that. Hopefully, Jillian, Dylan Cruz drops to us. I highly doubt it, though. So we're most likely going to go with Paul Skeens or Wyatt Langford. Um, I could toss up. Again, Dylan Cruz is the best pick in the draft. I don't think there's really a competition in my in my mind, in my eyes. Um, but we'll see how it goes. Elijah Green needs some needs some work still. Uh, and like I said, Robert Hassel. Uh, John Susana, he's still a couple years away. And of course, Cade Cavalli. He's and Brady House. I forgot Brady House. Brady House. He's. I think Brady House will see by next season. I don't think he's coming up this season. By next season, opening day, Brady House will be on the roster, and hopefully, Cade Cavalli will join him. Hopefully, he's back from Tommy John surgery and he's ready to go. Because I know he wants it. He wants to play for this team. And I know he's extremely excited, and I'm extremely excited to have him on the team. National. I've already seen Nationals fans wearing Cade Cavalli jerseys. Like that's how excited. I'm. Nats fans are to watch this kid. And we would have had it this year. But, you know, injury bug bit him. And hopefully he comes back comes back just as good, if not better. Um, and I'm excited to watch the Washington Nationals going forward. And I'm excited to see what happens. And let's go watch. Let's go on to Tom. And let's hear about him talk about his trash giants. Anyways, see you guys. All right. Time to talk about the giants. Um... I'm Tom. I'm back. Um, Giants are 17 and 23 right now. A uh, bit of a rough start to the season. Uh, I know Brad and Stevs are having a great time watching this, but um, let's talk about maybe why this team is underperforming. First of all, we had one of the harder strengths of schedule to start the season. I would like to mention that. That's not an excuse, though. I promise it's not an excuse. Um, but as a team, there are several bright spots, in my opinion. Let's let's first start with the bright spots so I can feel good about something, please. Lamont Wade, breakout season, um, getting on base more than anyone else in this league, uh, and he's genuinely looked like one of the best hitters on this team. J.D. Davis, who has been, I think, a below-average fielder his entire career, has somehow become the best fielding third baseman in baseball, which is a uh, little weird considering that third base is one of the most stacked positions for defense with guys like Brian Hayes and Nolan Arenado and even Machado. J.D. Davis um, is that guy. Um, Jock Peterson just went down with a hand injury. I'll get to the injury problem in a second. That is it. That is the reason we are losing all these games. He's looked good in the peripheral department. Um, the actual stats are not showing it yet, but we will regress to the mean eventually. I want to talk about Michael Conforto and how he's been a little bit of a confusing player. Um, He's been doing Michael Conforto things, you know, swinging and missing a lot, striking out a lot. But, you know, he's been hitting bombs, and I guess that's what he's here for. But, I mean, I know average is a bad, bad thing to look at, and I know Brad will kill me about that. But, like, when you're batting below 200, there's a certain level where you are below replacement level. Um, and I think Michael Conforto has to get the expected batting average up and the regular batting average up. Yastrzemski went down with an injury. Another injury that we're talking about. Uh, he just came back from that injury. Um, and he's back. I believe it was a hamstring injury. He was looking pretty good to start the season. Tyro Estrada, despite, you know, not having the best peripherals, has looked like one of the best contact slap hitters in the game uh, with a good glove out in the field. 
And I think he's looked like one of the best shortstop, sorry, second baseman shortstops up the middle. You know how it is in baseball. Now, the brightest point for the San Francisco Giants within the last two weeks has been Casey Schmidt, uh, our rookie, our rookie shortstop. He has looked fantastic since coming up. Um, obviously, advanced stats are not out. He's only played in about f- six games now. Um, but that is something to keep your eye out for. And, I mean, Mitch Hanniger also has not reached the at-bat threshold yet. He's also a guy that came off injuries. But let's, let's, go, ahead, let's go ahead and talk about it. Let's go ahead and talk about the problem about the, the San Francisco Giants. Um, this team is injured. This team is very injured all the time. Um, Jock Peterson has gone in the IL twice. Mike strepsky has been out. Tyro Stroud has been healthy. Thank goodness. Uh, Brandon Crawford went down with an injury uh, towards the beginning of the season. Uh, we had a late start from Austin Slater and Mitch Hanniger. The whole team as a whole has been pretty damaged um, to start the season. And it seems like when when all the cylinders are firing, and by that I mean everyone's actually playing baseball at the same time, the Giants win games. Uh, and you saw that when we played against the Astros. You saw it when we played against um, – I can't remember the other team, but they look they look compatible. They look like they're actually working for the first time. Um, and it just seems like this is a missing puzzle piece here. And, and Brad and Stevs are saying, Tom, you got to sell the team. You got to sell. There are there is young talent on this team. I think you have to lock up guys like Tyra Estrada. You have to I maybe consider locking up J.D. Davis, maybe Lamont Wade. But those are all older guys that I don't know if they're going to be around for the rebuild. Casey Smith should replace Brandon Crawford. Brandon Crawford is my favorite player of all time, and I think it's time to move on. Um, We should do a retool. The Giants should absolutely do a retool. I think that's the best thing for them. Um, Let me go to the pitching side of things. Camilo Duvall's looked fantastic. Logan Webb has been getting better since his first bit of a rough start. Has looked like one of the better pitchers in baseball since then. Alex Cobb, definitely a bright spot on this team. A bit on the older side for a rebuild, but I think he can stick around for the retool. Desclafani's looked decent, a bit of a shaky start last time around. Um, and I, other than that, um, my Shamanaya take did not age well. Um, some things you just can't fix. Uh, Shamanaya is exhibit A. Um, we are a pitching factory at San Francisco, but it's not working there for us. Um, but when we're looking at these guys, Tyler Rogers has been pitching really well. Taylor Rogers, despite having one of the worst starts to the season, is now heating up and he's looked he's looked good in his last couple outings. I just I I'm not ready to give up on the team. John Brevia, want to mention that he's been good. His beard is slowly growing. The team is not necessarily bad, and and the the fact that this team has the same record as the Washington Nationals is. Uh, not only embarrassing, but also disappointing. I mean, obviously, like, um, you can't compare the Giants to the Nationals right now. I think the Giants are in uh, leagues ahead of the Nationals. Um, don't tell Stubbs I said that. Um, but I, I just – the best step for the Giants here is not to do a fire sale, not to do what the Nats did. The Giants have enough money that in the offseason – obviously, this is weaker offseason, but they can go out and try and get some players. We need to retool sell off the older guys like Alex Cobb, I think would be a good option. Maybe one of the Rogers brothers, uh, Tyler's looked borderline unhittable this season, which is weird to say because he scares me, he scares me a lot watching him pitch. Um, I mean, there's a lot of other guys on this team that you can sell. Um, but I don't want to sell more than three or four guys from this team because this roster as constructed looks good. And let's not forget, although we only have two top 100 prospects, they're both in the top 20. So, um, we may not have many prospects, but they look good. 
Um, and it's only a matter of time before they're coming up. And I hope we can maybe restock a little bit with this mini fire sale. Mini, I mean mini, because I swear to God, if we oversell and we do a fire sale and we end up like gnats, God, that would suck. Um, but, you know, in total, Giants, a bit of a dumpster fire to start the season. But then again, could go on a, could go on a hot streak. Uh, given everyone's healthy at the same time, which is which is hard to ask for this team. Um, but, you know, I'm sticking sticking with my guys. Um, there's definitely some, you know, bright spots in this lineup, and I think it's not time to give up yet. Let's talk about, let's talk about my other guy, not a giant, staying in the West. One of my breakout picks, just want to highlight, George Kirby currently has a 2.4 ERA, only allowing four walks and almost – 50 innings pitch looking good again tonight. Um, I think he's going to be in that Cy Young conversation. He's not going to win it, but I think he is in the conversation to finish in the top 10 for Cy Young. He's looked like the best pitcher in Seattle, maybe Luis Castillo as well. Um, so that is aging like fine wine. Just want to mention that. Um, but just going around the league today, uh, Ronald Acuna still, still looks like the MVP. This is shocking news. Um, Padres got swept by the Dodgers, which is, I mean, I hate both teams, but I hate the Dodgers more. So, I mean, I'm a little upset about that. And then I think the last thing I want to talk about today is that Nolan Arenado looks like he's back. It looks like he's finally back. Um, you know, started the season a little cold, um, was definitely worried that he was injured. Um, I saw a lot of things on Twitter, saw a video of him, like shaking something off. Maybe it was just a pitch that guy I'm inside jammed him might have hurt his hand a little bit um but I'm obviously hoping uh it was not what people were worrying about and that was I think a torn labrum or maybe something in the shoulder it seems like he's been heating up in the month of um the month of May he's already batting 298 with 14 hits five home runs now so I mean definitely getting up there there's a lot of guys that had cold starts that are now heating up and I think that's a good thing um I was just looking at Christian Yelich's per, per uh, percentiles, and he looks like, on on paper, one of the best players in baseball, which is weird to say. Again, you know, he's returning back to form, maybe. Um, but other than that, I want to talk about one more guy before I end this part of my section, and that is Adolis Garcia, who I think has been one of the most underrated players in baseball for not only this year, but years in the past. Uh, I feel like he's just overlooked in that Rangers lineup and overlooked in, in general as a as a star. Uh, I think he's really showing why he belongs in the spotlight. And I think he's he's escalating to star level, not superstar, not like, you know, you know, superstars, but he's elevating into stardom. And I really do think that he has a bright future ahead of him. Um, I'm not sure what the glove looks like this year, but he's always been a good fielder out there. He got a crazy um, a cannon. Um, but yeah, that's my that's my section. Giants, please retool. Please lock down Estrada for a long contract. Do do what the Braves do, man. Just lock these guys down early. Don't make the same mistake as the Nats. Don't be like the Nats. Thank you, Stevs. Um, and I, I I I'm not not ready to give up on this team. I, I think there's just it's just too much, too much to too much to give up. But thank you for watching. And Brad will be taking us out for the outro. Thank you, Brad. So thank you all for listening to the 4A Baseball Podcast. If you have enjoyed this new structure where I do my own thing, Stevs does his own thing, and then Tom does his own thing, 
you know, give us a shout. Give it a shout on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you want to. You can leave a review here on Apple Podcasts. We do appreciate it. If you have liked this time and want to see us continue, please let us know if you have enjoyed all of our episodes or our past work. Please leave a rating. Consider sharing with a friend. We do appreciate everything, all social media interactions. We try and be as active as possible. It is difficult, so bear with us. Uh, we'll be back on Friday. Stevs and I with a new episode. We'll see you all next time on the 4A Baseball Podcast. Peace. Steve!